Hello and welcome to Confidently Wrong, a show by regular dudes talking with confidence about content we have no right to speak about with any kind of authority, but do it anyway. I'm Wesley Nakamura, and as always, I'm joined by Mike Smith, award-winning director Brian Redondo, and Savon Jones, aka Captain Vonnie. This is episode 20, and on today's show, we take a look at The Falcon and the Winter Soldiers, episode 2 through 5, and we might make Ben Shapiro pretty mad because we're going to talk about race. I'm confident that it's going to be the best show you've ever listened to, and well, hey, if it's not, you can always ask us for a refund. Friends, it's been a while. Episode 20. Guys, we've made it to episode 20. We're like actual podcasters. Oh, my now. Lord. Oh, Clap it goodness. up, gentlemen. Y'all, yeah, I was telling Brian, you know, I'm really surprised he actually, you know, has been with us for, for this many episodes. I thought, you know, maybe he'd been be in for a couple episodes and then he'd be like, you know what? I got other things to do. I'm surprised yeah, me, and, me and Wesley were trying to like plan the show out and we were both like, all right, you and me will both find our flakiest friend. And then we'll, uh... <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Flake high five. From well, the top rope. <laughs> hey, and we're doing it in a pandemic and we're doing it remotely. We're all in different places. Um, only Savan and Mike are in the same city. Um, and me and Brian are in totally different cities, and we're still making it work. Guys. We're in the same headspace, um. though. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, mentally, I'm per- with professional it. operation we got going here. Oh man, so. we are so we are so on the ball. I mean, we've come a long way, though. I, I will say, Mike was saying how how much we've you know improved uh, in the past year. I don't really know uh, how to quantify that, but hey, growth is growth, right? And shout out to the listeners, friends of the show. Y'all know who you are. Shout out to the day ones. We might be here without you, but because clearly people listening to it's not a big motivator for us, but you know, (laughs) shout out to y'all anyway. Y'all know who you are. We are pressing on despite the, yeah, massive number of (laughs) non-listeners that we've got. All right. Um, So the first thing we're going to talk about is Falcon and Winter Soldier. We're uh, all the way up to episode five at this point, five out of six. So unfortunately, we uh, we don't know what's going to happen in the finale. But I think that gives us a little bit of room here to to make some predictions still for how it's going to to finalize itself or finish up. Um, I wanted to actually go way back to episode two a little bit. And they kind of brought it back in episode five or they did bring it back in episode five, which was. Um, episode two made a lot of heavy-handed nods and references to race, including um, Sam being called the Black Falcon by the young um, the young kid in the street, and um, the police stopping Falcon for harassing Bucky. You know, they were having a little argument and, and tussle in the street, and and the police thought it was Sam's fault. Um, and, and the the show clearly implied it was because he was black and Bucky was white. Um, and then those storylines kind of disappeared for a few episodes, and now they're kind of back in, in episode five. Um, how are you guys sort of processing how the show is handling race or talking about race? Um, and is it does it seem like it's important? Does it seem like it's actually working? Um, where are you guys kind of on that? Uh, I don't know. Let's go to Savan. Savan, what's your... Let's go to Listen, the I black think I'm guy. actually qualified to take this one. Don't worry, Savan. Take it away. <laughs> nah, um, this was something that, you know, we talked about before 
we even like before the show even came out was how you know Mikey said how is the mouse gonna handle race? Were they gonna be soft on it? Were they gonna whitewash it? I had faith that they would uh, not take the easy way out. And did you genuinely? I did honestly. Okay. I think like some of those actors that they have on, you got Don Cheadle, Anthony Mackie. A lot of these people are like high profile actors who are really committed to these roles. I don't think that they would. Especially yeah. for a role that significant. Like, I've seen interviews with Anthony Mackie. He talked about, like, you know, he was crying on the phone with his son when he told him, hey, I'm going to be the next Captain America. So he, as a person, acknowledges the importance on the representation bit. I don't think that he would go along creatively with something that was just okay, clearly Fair. not genuine. Like, you know, Wesley, you mentioned how in episode two there were examples of things that seemed like, you know, heavy-handed examples of race. And, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine, and it's funny all of those examples of things that came up with race are things that honestly have either I've seen firsthand experience or someone I know has experienced. Like the police thing, I've seen that happen straight up. Like, like it sounds like, oh, it's so cheesy. Oh, it's not how it's so obvious. It's always like, yeah, but I know multiple people who have had experiences comparable to that, like real deal happen. Just because you don't see it don't mean it ain't real. Or like the loan stuff. I've had conversations with people who were like, man, they ask a lot of questions. And like, yeah. that's real stuff. So I appreciated that. Uh, I think what I've appreciated most on how they've talked about race is just, I don't think they make the black characters monoliths, which is my, usually something that worries me more than anything else. Like, None of the black characters all have the same views. They all still have mm -hmm. their own opinions. There's mm -hmm. nuance to their views. Even if they all have, like, acknowledged racism, they might be on a differing spectrum of what that means for them. You know, the sister Sarah talks about race at the when she's trying to get the loan, but she still contrasts from Isaiah Bradley when they talk to uh, Sam about how he should move forward with, you know, carrying on the legacy. So the characters aren't just all put into a bottle of, oh, we all feel the exact same way, which is what I tend to get bothered most by. So I think them just adding a lot of nuance and uniqueness to the black characters, not making them all the same person, but spread across four different characters is, uh, I appreciated that. I liked it. And they criticize each other. Yeah. Yeah. Heavily. So not only is the show, you know, centered around a black family, but it's a black, supposed to be a New Orleanian family. So how do you feel about how they've, because they've been pretty like heavy handed with a few jokes about like New Orleans, like the whole TT bit. Like, how have you felt that they've handled that? I mean, it's like some people might think it's cheesy, but like, that's real. Like my mom, everyone calls her TD. Like, that's really what people call her. TD. Yeah. Like, that's not a joke. Like, people have her saved in the phone. Like, my, my little cousin calls my mom TD. Like, they don't call her Aunt T. They don't call her Meredith. They call her TD. And that's like, I can't say it's not genuine when I didn't seen it firsthand in real life. Like, what else you want? And that kind of goes back to your first point about, like, the like at this point, like, these actors probably wouldn't have, you know, really signed off if the story was inauthentic. And, you know, it, Anthony Mackie is, you know, if people don't know, is from New Orleans. So it's clear that, like, he was able to bring that to the character. So, I mean, I just think, like, that's a cool principle for, like, such a giant multi Where did he go to high school? Company. I don't know. Do you know ah, dang it. Isidore Newman. No, he didn't, he didn't go. He didn't go to New York. No, no, he went to. No, he went I think to like he went a. To Noka. No, he didn't go to Noka. I think he went to like it was a black public, a primarily black. Was it Mac Main? Was it not Mac Main? Maybe it was Warren 30, Easton. McDonald Thirty Five. He went to. He, he went to like a New yeah. Orleans high school though. All right. Not just one of those. He didn't go to like a private school, as far as I know. No, and and Noka and Noka. 
Yeah. Uh, okay, so yeah, That's I mean, New that Orleans all the RT kids went to NOCA too. Yeah. Makes um, sense. I mean, that's dope. I mean, like, it's it's just cool that that there's clearly such level of autonomy for these actors. To me, one of the biggest um, sort of jaw-dropping uh, em- embraces of talking about race and racism has been the Isaiah Bradley storyline in the show, which I... I wish know, there was more of it. That came in the second episode. The, the guy, you know, who was given the serum... Uh, against his own will was experimented on that whole concept you know i i'm familiar with it that they did that in the comic books um but i did not think the show or the mcu would touch that with a 10-foot pole uh because you know experimenting yeah. on on black people uh and that that truly horrific level of racism american racism i didn't think they would touch but they did and they went for it in the second episode to Brian's point, them adapting it is what you really would be surprised because, like, there's lots of source material they could use to tell whatever story they want. The real yeah. question is, what are you going to choose to adapt? And that's, you know, they could have not did that, and they went full send on it. Like, like when he was telling that that story about his exact experiences, man, that was yeah. that was rough, man. I was like, I was choking up. I was like, ooh, they really, because, yeah. you know, first Captain America movie, Steve did the same thing, right? Like, Steve went to a POW camp, freed his people when they told him not to, and they made him a hero for that. Yeah. But for Broy, they locked him up. I'm like, dang, son, that's... That's, uh... That's jacked up. You almost, like... In that scene, you I almost forgot I was watching, like, an MCU thing. It was, like, such a great performance, and it was... I was, like... As soon as it was over, I was like, oh, my God, this is about, like, half about a show with the guy with a metal arm. Like, that was some great acting, and it was, like... The, clearly built investment in the characters mm-hmm. that scene kind of re- restored my faith in the show i was starting to waver mm-hmm. a bit. agreed so one thing about the isaiah bradley thing i also liked was beyond the race element there's still the trying to be a hero for your country element and i thought that was a very interesting parallel when you look at what's happening with john walker right like he did an awful thing that we saw the previous episode and was reprimanded but all that stuff he said about y'all made me what I am, y'all, like, he he's not wrong. He's not wrong in the slightest. He was a U.S. soldier trained to ultimately, like, kill people and take lives. And, you know, you can be upset at his judgment in the moment, but it's pretty wild how he also, similar to Isaiah Bradley, was someone who tried to serve his country, do what he thought was right, and ultimately was discarded when... His error in judgment was, you know, they perceived the error in his judgment. Bradley for saving the POWs, Walker for killing the dude in public after Hoskins gets killed. So there were some interesting parallels of how, like, people who serve in the military still get discarded and not treated and done dirty. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I I thought that was very, like, intentional. Yeah, and I liked how uh, Walker and Hoskins also allude to the gray areas that they ventured into. Uh, in their tours of duty, I, I can't remember if they said Afghanistan or Iraq. Yeah, they did say specifically, Afghanistan, which I kind of um, cringed at that line, to be honest. And uh, I, I think it's just—I think it's just like an interesting nuance to bring into this idea of, of you know, military and uh, what they're forced to do and confront, and how it's not—it's not black and white in the superhero game. Yeah. But then, what did he say? He said, "Like, imagine how many people we could have saved if I had the super serum." I was like, yeah, yeah, but like, he's not wrong. Like, I don't know. I'm not a soldier, so I can't speak to that. But so, like, my and and I think you know I touched on this earlier 
briefly and Brian agree with me like I was starting to kind of waver on the show and then this episode like because it had such high highs not only with like the Isaiah and Sam line there and like how well they did that but I just think like the plot picked up um how were y'all feeling like because we're on now episode five like how were y'all feeling and now how are you feeling about the show I think it's kind of you know despite all the cool things we've just been talking about i think the show as a whole has kind of been a little rocky to be honest yeah. like it's still a highly high quality highly produced show and there's great acting uh and some a lot of interesting things going on but at the same time it's kind of a jumble too right like we go from episode two where we see we finally get the winter soldier and falcon together and they you know they have such great on-screen uh chemistry and then you bring in isaiah bradley and then pivot to episodes three and four, which just kind of like go all over the place. They're in Nadrapur, they're, you know, mm-hmm. talking to Sharon Carter, there's a power broker, and and then suddenly uh, you know, Carly from the Flag Smashers gets Is like, it a, <laughs> like this super storyline, and then uh, you know, the folks from Wakanda come through. There's just a lot going on. And then to pivot back in episode You haven't six, even said Zemo. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then they break out Zemo. Um, you know, it's you know, it's a lot. And then to come back in episode six and then return to New Orleans, return to Sarah, return to Isaiah Bradley. Um, episode five. Or episode five, excuse me. And the you know, I think those those elements of the show were suddenly way more or much much welcomed uh in their return because they they grounded the show. Uh they they sort of like stuck the focus back on uh, and, and uh, you know, we got to explore the characters who we were just starting to get to know again, uh, bef- you know, before kind of the chaos of episodes three and four. So uh, it's 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 kind of a mixed bag, I think. I kind of feel like I'm in the same boat. I feel like, I mean, even the way that I structured our like notes for today, it was like there's a lot going on that's still spinning. And some of that did get a little bit sort of addressed or or kind of wrapped up in episode five. Um but there's still a lot more that's sort of like spiraling right now around this thing. And so I'm, I'm actually really excited because because episode five started to give us some like closure on some of them that I'm excited to see where they go in episode six. You can kind of see that there's a showdown coming now in, in episode six, um, but it may not play out the way that you think it it will, you know, or maybe it will. I don't know. But it seems like they're probably going to like twist it a little bit. Uh, Marvel's pretty good at that. Uh you know, I started out la- la- in our last show, we talked about episode one and how I really felt like Bucky's story and Bucky's like duality or bu- like his his difficulties in, in sort of his his double life that he's you know had to lead or triple life were, were kind of some of the most like interesting explored spaces in that first episode. And I hope that they would do more and they just really haven't, um, which is fine. I mean, they, they can do what they want. And now and I wasn't as excited about Sam's storyline because it was very much like sam is the goody two shoes it was very much like i'm gonna do the right thing i'm gonna be the new steve rogers um and and it's not that he's lost any of that but his his interactions with isaiah his interactions with trying to figure out how he's gonna handle carly that stuff is starting to be more interesting to me um and then in the last episode where he's now been able to come home and train Right. We see, you know, the the traditional Rocky montage of him training and getting better with with his uh, his shield and getting more in shape and hitting the meat in the freezer. You know, all of that good stuff. Um, oh, I wish there was meat in the freezer. 
Can that get a <laughs> shield to it? Oh, that would have been great. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, but that was now like I think we're starting to see that like upward momentum that that I was kind of like I think you're all kind of naming we kind of missed in episodes three and four is a lot of setup. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not even clear that all that setup is going to pay off here. And it's, yeah, like where is Sharon Carter going to come in here? She's like playing both sides at this point. Like lots of things are happening here that just seem like they're too messy for for a six episode arc. So mm-hmm. that's that's kind of where I'm at. But I'm excited for episode six, man. Like I, I do want to see where it goes and how the final conflicts happen. Yeah, still invested. So apparently, and I can confirm this, there's like some reporting on it that there were a lot of rewrites for the show and that mm-hmm. there was going to be a whole like a main storyline that was about a pandemic and like that was going to be like the Flag Smashers like thing, like unleashing a pandemic. I've heard that which too. Obviously, you can't really do that in the midst of an actual global pandemic. So then they had to get rid of that main storyline. And I think like when you look at it that lens, it does kind of like give a little context on like why it seems like what would have been like a one-off side storyline that they're all kind of just been brought up a bit to like to fill the area of that main plot line and like hmm. our i learned that so our friend alan who like is generally skeptical and calls things cinema alan um, <laughs> so like that that gives you exactly like you know what he's gonna come into a marvel thing with but he hates this show really he, like thinks it's trash which like you know, my whole thing is like it's a Marvel thing. So like, first off, let's let's temper our expectations here a bit. But yeah, he really hates it. But then he was like, once I understood the context of like them pulling out a main storyline and then having to kind of pump in a little hot air to the rest of them, like that made him like it a little more. And like the it, the same thing for me. Like it's kind of just reiterating reiterating what you were saying. But like up until now, it just kind of seemed like we were kind of just like wandering around and like nothing was really happening, but things were happening. So I was kind of cold, but now I am also excited for episode six. It's just like they took like what would have been the first 30 minutes of a movie of like him, you know, going through all these things to become Captain America and they kind of drug it out into a whole show. So does this mean we're going to get a Snyder cut of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier in three years? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope not. It'll just be like a 10 hour movie. God I, I do that. think, though, that I still go back to this idea that they're that this show and I think Miles, my friend um, in front of the show, uh, brought up that like this show is really designed to help us get acclimated to the idea of Sam as the new Captain America. Yeah. Right. And and exploring how that's going to be. And so the brilliant move, right, is giving John Walker the shield first so that Sam is taking the shield off of him and you're like he is clearly way more deserving as a as a Captain America than than John Walker is and he's not having to compete against, you know, 10 years of Steve Rogers in the Marvel Cinematic yeah. Universe. So I yeah. do think that like if that was like one of their goals, like I think they've done an A plus job at that. I am, you know, I'm like he can be the the Captain America. I don't care. Like I it's, yeah. I'm awesome. I'm excited for it. And I don't feel bad about being like, well, what about like the old Captain, you know, Captain America? It's like, no, nah, that guy had his time. He's he's done now. Like, let's move on. I'm ready for I'm ready for uh the Falcons take on it. Um and then I guess Torres maybe is going to become the next Falcon. Is that kind of what they're implying? Who he's, is that guy? He's, like, he was Torres, in the show and then he Torres is a comic. Show. Like, he's a comic character. But he ends up becoming like, you know, a lot of Marvel characters are legacy characters. So multiple people wear the mantle. I think he wears the Falcon mantle at a certain point. And I think it ties specifically to when Falcon leaves the mantle become at a time, you know, one of the Marvel ones where he's actually Captain America. That was a I think terrible a line, guy. though. You forgot your wings. Like, yeah, like, like what? 
my god. <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't know if you noticed, but he rejected the wings and walked out with the shield. That's what's known as symbolism, fellas. Um, it's a cinema term. I don't know if you What's cinema? Uh, one thing I want to say, uh, I agree with y'all about like the you know the plot stuff. You can see how the rewrites had their effect on things. What I did still appreciate, even when the plot was kind of like all over the place, was that I still just enjoyed the character interactions. So even yeah. if I wasn't enjoying, yeah. like even if the overall plot yeah. was like, okay, whatever. Yeah. These yeah. characters and actors still interact in a way that's very, like one character who I love and I didn't think I love him. And I think they kind of like misdirected us a little bit with him was Zemo. They made it seem like Zemo would be this huge antagonist force. But really Zemo was really kind of like, chaotic neutral at worst but he yeah. was he was a uh, he's like lawful neutral yeah maybe even maybe lawful neutral but i love zemo because he's not really a villain like no he's, he's not just principal yeah like he's an antagonist cool, but he's not yeah. like he's not evil every bad thing he did he apologized for like he apologized to the chala in at the end of Civil War, saying, hey, yo, your dad was probably a good man. I'm genuinely sorry. You know, he... Yeah. And when you get, like, you know, did he cause but any more death than Tony But can you say sorry when did? you're like, I don't regret what I did? Like, no. that's not I mean, a sorry, like, he, exactly. But he's, like, he's principled. It, yeah, and, is like, he even better did... than Tony? Like, Tony destroyed Sokovia because he made Ultron. Like, yeah, you know, there's a... Yeah. You know, you take yeah. the good with the but bad, that was like... Dude, I actually also. really... He had a whole rant. I think it was, like, episode four about, about like, supremacy. the supremacy of being a, a... And, like, I thought that... Like, that's been touched on, like, whether it's Homeland or Superman and, like, that mm-hmm. whole kind of, like, putting them on pedestals. But, like, he actually articulated it in a really great way that worked in the story. I actually... Yeah. I. Like, now I'm talking about, like, he's been one of my favorite parts because they've really, like, another thing is, like, when all the serum is on the ground and they, like, cut to him and you're like, oh, he's going to change his mind and take him. And then they just pause and he starts crushing all Didn't even hesitate. No. Yeah. It's, it's, he's also a really good actor. Like, that guy's legit. So it's like, and then the, it's just like, I'm so confused by the show. Like, I don't care about Carly Morgenthau and the Flag Smashers. And it's like, it's, but I really like her character. Yeah, I hate her story. Her story I, makes no yeah. sense, and it's like there's no like they don't explain anything. But like I love her character. Like I wish yeah, she was I'm, doing something else. Yeah, and it's like they also doing a cool job of like talking about the actual implication of everybody coming back. But I still don't really care about it. And like, and then they cut to like the GRC like boardroom. It almost kind of feels like there is a Snyder cut. Like, you know, in like the first Justice League where it was yeah. like, what is going like I feel like we're missing something here. And maybe like with rewrites that makes sense because they, you know, rewrite. Yeah, there's I mean, a lot of silliness going yeah. on. And like, I mean, like if you had a like, pandemic storyline. People and then the flag smashers were in there and it was like that he did the little like, you know, talk in the ear thing, like the Hail Hydra. And I was like, what the what is going on right now? Yeah, if you do like I feel like the pandemic storyline would have made all this so much better. I just feel like, yeah, there's just clearly something missing. I will say, though, the one thing that did, you know, make me go, wow, this is a this is great in episodes three and four was no, the no, club no scene with Zemo yeah. dancing. Yeah. He's they a put human out, like, being. an hour long cut of him dancing on YouTube. Apparently, I definitely watched like, like five minutes of it. Yeah, oh I goodness. love it. Uh, also, last thought: the fights are sick. Like in the last one, where so they good. did that move where like Bucky like whipped him by the legs, and then Falcon did like the back kick thing. Yeah, I like. I was like, Ugh. like that's pretty. <laughs> I, I really like the fights. But then last weird thing, and I said this to Savon, like it was another thing that confused me. It was like 
in that fight with the flag smashers versus like all the, the other guys, they're trying to stab them, right? So it's like we're trying to kill you. And then when Lamar dies, suddenly they're all like, Yeah, oh, everyone stops. Oh like Yeah, and then they're like, oh, wait, I wasn't I was just trying to stab you to death ten seconds ago, but oh my god, someone actually died. Like we and then they take off their anyone. mask and run away. It's like I didn't pick it, up on that. That is it was ridiculous. really silly. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what yeah. Is that's just one of those. It's it's still just it's not real life. That's one of those you gotta suspend yeah. your disbelief. It's I dramatic. We had our phasers set to stun. <laughs> yeah, I haven't felt that about Marvel stuff in a while. And it was just like I like immediate like pulls you out of the suspension of disbelief. And like I mean, that was really abrasive. I was like, what is like? It just feels like maybe something was cut out there. I don't know. Yeah, it definitely feels like maybe because I was saying like, oh, maybe it feels like the show is rushing. A bit right like because they're throwing so many things out there but maybe it's not rushing maybe it's actually like space filling that is actually harming the show in a way like yeah either they were filling space or they had too much and they were trying to cut things out and just like kind of cut out the things that like maybe were connective in a way that we needed um the one thing i do want them to go back to and i don't i I assume they're going to go back to it because they made a really big deal about it in episode one was mr nakajima like, yeah, I think they yeah. will. They're definitely going uh, to go back to that. That was what that whole conversation was about, like, you can't. And that was also There's really focus cool. On yeah, I, keep, I, I want men that I love. We got two grown men talking about their feelings, really opening <laughs> up, reflecting, helping them grow to be better men and be better people and telling them yeah. what they need to hear. We need more of that. I love that. Was that was solid. You know I Solid feel like this show is like a cake that's really mediocre with a really great frosting and like some like delicious like chocolate covered. Is it buttercream? Is it like chocolate that. ganache? What are we? What are we having? I feel here like it's like a good cake. Really, yeah, it's like. But they went to the store to get the ingredients Chantilly. and some of the ingredients they didn't have, and they had to just like, all right, cool. Look, it's like a baking challenge. Like, all right, you get to make this cake, but here are these constrictions. You had this dope. It's chopped storyline you wanted to do. You can't baking do it. Edition. Yeah, I mean, and that. It might not actually be filler like Wes was saying. It might actually just be MCU bloat, uh, which mm. I think other movies have also suffered from when the demands of the the cinematic universe is that we need to introduce these characters and these storylines yeah. in this specific so vehicle <clears throat> so that oh they, my God. you know, climax you know what? We're three not movies later. <laughs> no, I but I haven't felt that in a movie in a while. I feel like they've been like really like yeah. making good yeah. films, quote unquote, you know, where it's like it doesn't just seem like a go turn your brain off, smooth brain <laughs> uh, superhero movie. It was like an actual movie worth considering. But now this like some of this is like mm-hmm. it's it feels uh, bloated. Yeah, quick, quick. Bit. It's like you have to do Zemo. You have to bring in Sharon yeah. Carter, but we don't yeah. know if she's good or bad. Bucky's going to fall in love with Sam's sister. They're going to kind of build their relationship together. So we're going to throw in a whole like giant like under. under oh, yeah. How patronizing of, of was that, though? Don't flirt with my sister. Like, come on. Yeah, was, but that was I, I great love that. Out of I, don't 1998. I love that. Tri- I love that. I great out of 1998. I... You never said that to one of your uh, friends. No. with your sister. I've had my home seven years younger. No, I've definitely had my home like. Not for real, for real, but it's just like, bro, don't. <laughs> like, it's clearly yeah. meant to be a troll thing, and Bucky's clearly trolling Sam. Quick thing also, because this is something I thought about kind of a little bit after Endgame, while it was a conversation I've had with people, was I'm glad Bucky said sorry, because like, I'm glad Bucky yeah. apologized to Sam, because I feel like, I was, like the biggest thing I was wondering is, yo, is the MCU going to, like, remember how in the beginning I was talking about whether or not Sam has a little bit of imposter syndrome, or whether he even wants to yeah be into that be in that boat in the first place and i was wondering hey are they going to explore this and are they going to address this and 
the high key that line he he delivered that line it felt so weird to me you you liked the way bucky said that and like that how that was messaged well how you said i'm sorry yeah well like he was like the specific line was like really dry it was like me and steam never considered what it would have been to to give the shield to a black man not really i I think that's just like that's the that's that's the objective truth it's like yo, yeah y'all didn't think about like like, yo y'all put him in a really awkward spot of like yo now yeah. you're making me take on a legacy that comes with a lot of loaded BS with it. That like, hey, do I even want to do this? And then, you know, that's the criticism on Steve's and then on Bucky's end to be upset. But you know, like I was cool with. Like I'm not tripping about that because that's just no. The sentiment semantics. I agree with, but like the delivery of the line seemed so like dry and like not really like authentic. I don't yeah, know. the show can be a little heavy-handed sometimes. Yeah, I thought it was straight up. Like, I mean, I think like I feel like that's what I imagine that is what a white person would say yeah. apologizing <laughs> for something that yeah. they perceive to it, they retroactively realize. Mm, I think I effed up because yeah, he, I think I mean, would it be authentic if he didn't acknowledge? Hey, as a black man, we put you in an awkward spot. You know, like can oh, can I ask one more question? And this is like a very shallow question. <laughs> My understanding was they catch the shield with magnets on their arm. Mm. That was he just was age literally of catching it like with his bare hands, like that. Like that was like, just age I'm of Ultron. Like a... Oh, really? Steve how do, only how do you has catch the shield then. Do you have to slip your hand through the? That seems through like, the straps. Wildly inefficient <laughs> for us to be like a. I had that thought a lot. Shield that's like, like probably we doing? billions of dollars. It's just like you gotta hope you just like stick your hand through two leather loops. That's the skill. That's why you had to yeah. practice. It. I think He's not the idea wearing is... sticky gloves. Yeah. yeah, he's not I wearing th- any gloves. How are you catching this giant metal disc, like pinching it, like it's like a frisbee? Well, I don't know. Look, he was getting his, he was like, he was kind of getting his behind bust a little bit when he was catching it. Like, in fairness, multiple times he ducked it. He was like, oh no. Yeah, I thought his arm was gonna be all bruised up. Maybe yeah, so that's like, what's in the box from Wakanda. It's just like new Nike technology. Yeah, I don't know what's Help up with catch. that. Yeah, I don't know what's up with that because they did the magnet bit in Age of Ultron with Steve having it, but then afterwards they moved away from it. So I guess maybe they just want to emphasize, a like suspend. You have to first of all, you have to perpetually suspend your disbelief when it comes to the shield. If you couldn't but do that in the first movie, they're showing it takes then, a lot of skill. Yeah, because yeah. even John Walker, as much as you don't like the dude, they did show, hey, he could low key use that shield. Like, uh, you know, I think that's on purpose. It's clearly not easy, but okay. I want this to be the last question. It's about John Walker. <laughs> Do we want All the my MCU to John Walker? Well, do we want the MCU to continue exploring him in yeah. any way? He's, yeah. he's, he's going to be a long. He's going to be a movie villain down the line. He's going to yeah, be around. Sure. I think. Hundred yeah. percent. They introduced him to I, so, I like Madam Hydra. A lot. a lot of people hate him, but I really. Oh, is that what Val is? Oh, it, so Selena Meyer. So Val, the character Val, the woman who uh, talks and talks to John. Essentially, she is a Hydra character. And I'm not mm, sure exactly what that's going to look like in here, but it's clear that they're setting him up to be, okay, he's throwing off, he's got the serum, he's going to be like the Hydra, Captain America type role. And that's clearly, you know, he's clearly powered up, so he's not a weakling. He's going to be unstable, and he's going to have some rich benefactors behind him. He's clearly getting set up to be a foil type character to Falcon for when he ever he gets a movie, because like y'all said, they're doing this to kind of get us open to the idea, then bam, you got your actual falcon movie john walker as the villain let's get it cracking he yeah. clearly took the like that has to be illegal right 
You can't what? just take super serum. It's just like nobody's gonna address that. I'm like, well, what are we talking about here? Like he's banging on the thing. It sounds like he's like banging the damn Liberty Bell with like a two ton mallet. Like how is we're not gonna talk about this guy just took some shit he found on the ground and then is well now, he didn't like, destroy the up. table, so that's one thing. Like I thought if he was gonna smash it apart, I was like, because he yeah. can he's strong enough to do that. So I think it's pretty reasonable to say people don't in the public don't know he. It's just like yeah, they, he took the serum. They don't know he has really great. The serum isn't even public. Mm. Yeah. But uh, one thing about Contessa, I did read that um, she's she was at one point uh, the vice president of the, the head of Hydra, States. but she was uh, she was also vice direction. president and president, spoiler, <laughs> yeah. of the U.S. Um, but did they change uh, the name of the show? <laughs> just it, boop. Yes. Yeah, Shut up, Wes. Jesus um, but she she was also kind of a, a counterpart to Nick Fury and Shield. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and then I think in the comics, even though but for she, bad guys. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. As oh, for she, she's a you know high level Shield agent. Um, oh, okay. And that she actually uh, you know betrayed Hydra also at some point. So I th- I think her character could go in a lot of different directions. Yeah. Um, she she definitely doesn't seem very uh you know good natured uh in this in this first appearance but we'll see and apparently she she's also in the black widow movie so Ooh, there's gonna be, be a lot more of elaine bennis in the mcu all right so gents why don't we call it there we'll get to see what happens in episode six um, but for now, friends, we're signing off. So make sure you follow us on Twitter at confidently underscore pod uh, on Instagram as well. Same handles. Leave us a review. Respond to us. Leave us some comments. We'd love to know what you guys think. Have a great one. My core mem- my core members heard um the Beyonce story episode, which is hysterical. Oh, they oh, did. Did they play it for everybody? I ended up I ended up bringing it up, and I was like, I because I brought up the Beyonce story to them before, and I was like, actually on the podcast, I'm all, my friend like we talk about it, and <laughs> y'all actually might find this to be funny, and they did find it to be hilarious. They stomped they on me for. <laughs> My That's treatment good. and perception of Beyonce. My sister said that when she tells people about the show, she tells them to listen to that episode first. She's like, "That's like the best example of where they're at." And it's only twelve minutes, so you get them hooked and then get them into other episodes. <laughs> and then it's like, Sorry it's if you don't like video games or Marvel movies, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really a comedy show. Well, it is. What so would happen if Beyonce movie. showed up to Comic Con? How would fans react? I bet like, she has been. I think everybody loves Beyonce. I don't You'll see that. what the overlap of Not, Beyonce fans yeah. and like and who are they culture? more excited for? Right? <laughs> You're like, oh, but over there is uh, the guy from Game Ray Game Park. Game. Yeah, yeah. Ray Park. <laughs> Tommy, Tommy from the Power Rangers. <laughs>